shit. Just breaking this double or bullshit, double or bullshit. No bullshit. All right. As much as we hate to do it, because we're an honest news organization, and there's probably bigger things you you want to do right now. We got breaking news. Karen's gonna fill you in here. It's happening as we speak. Karen, um, what's the news? Kyle Rittenhouse is found not guilty on all five charges. And the charges are not guilty on not all... Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. So homicide, 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 uh, reckless endangerment. And they dropped the gun charge. So the gun charge, that's just as we predicted last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Well, I thought he might have gotten the gun charge, but it got dropped because of the measurement of the gun. So it wasn't... A, it wasn't it has to do with the law in Wisconsin and the length of the gun. So was it longer? It was legal for him to carry when they measured the gun, which I don't know why they waited so long to measure the gun. Okay. Wow. Wow. So. Not Karen, terribly surprised. What's the tone out? Anything? Uh, we're sitting here in the basement. I know you probably want to run the cable. And if Lower you, level. Lower <laughs> level. No, I said cable. But all know, the, but all the, we're in the basement. Yeah. All right, look, basement. That, that's, that's a big deal. I don't think it's unexpected in America. I mean, y'all saw the video. So if you want to go to cable, go do it. We're honest about that, you know, but come back later. Or if you want to stay with us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think I don't think there's anything left, Charlie. I mean, I think everybody's uh, trying to see if there's going to be any outbreak. But, you know, regardless of what the crime is, regardless of what the decision is, it's always the same thing. So, I mean, it, it's, it follows the same pattern. So there may be a few people out, something will happen, maybe a day, maybe a two, and then we'll move on to the next challenge. I, so I'm, I'm just gonna go out on the limb here. Having covered enough of these in my many decades career, this one, I, I agree with. Like, I, I don't agree with the dude carrying the gun. I don't agree with him being there. So that's weird. I think he should have been hit with that gun charge. But again, it's some pervert who's let out of a psych ward chasing you down. What are you going to do? And then a, a mob's on you. Somebody's pulling a handgun and beating you with a skateboard. If, if, if that's not a reason to fire a weapon, I don't know what is. Well, the question is, I was going to say, the question is, did he incite? the violence exactly. that night and, 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 and why was he there in the first place i mean well, you know i mean that that's almost to me just a touch kind of reminds me of the self-defense um uh argument for like in, in trayvon martin's case i mean in the in the guy i can't remember his name now I george mean, zimmerman zimmerman claimed self-defense but he was told to back down leave he initiated it and he, once he was getting his into a, a scuffle with the kid I mean, I don't know. It's just look, all look, convoluted, look. Charlie. Just be clear about it. Trayvon Martin was defending himself. Mm -hmm. Right. And it went bad for the guy that was hunting right. him down. That's my problem there. Okay, Freddie Gray in Baltimore. He gets picked up. 
He's put in a police van. He comes back, his neck and his back's broken. Not for it. No. Not for that. I'm not for burning the town down, but you got to make a point somehow. I'm not for that at all. Everybody knows me. All right. Michael Brown, come on. And, and, and Ferguson, mm -hmm. the science showed you. Piece of his finger was in the squad car. So sound to me. He reached in. He reached in. I wrote it. I said it. I don't back off of it. I try to look at each and everything. But that, that's what I like what you just said there, because each case is different. Each case is different. Each state has different laws and, you know. Karen feels no justice. I don't, you know what, Charlie, I, and I don't mean to sound whatever. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm just, I'm well, that's, so. Apathy's over. worse, Karen. I just, you said what? Apathy is worse. Well, it is, but I mean, I'm kind of, like I said, no matter, it's just all the same thing all the time. I mean, nothing ever I'm, I'm kind of indifferent on this. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk about something else today. I don't. Well, okay, really good. Care. Well, let's, let's do this before we move on. But there's an issue here with stand your ground. All of right. this stuff happened right under our noses. We didn't know that. Standing ground means this: you can defend yourself. You don't even have to try to get away anymore. Right? That's yeah. More, more than that's true. About thirty states have that. But you can't start it. Like, I can't punch you, and if you pull a gun, then shoot you, right? Uh, I, I mean, it's pretty Again, simple. when you go to court, you're going to have to prove, like, you were fearing for your life. You were in an imminent danger of dying, not just a punch. But, but, that, but that what about the kid it. that was in Florida, and, he, and the guy was offended by the loud music, and he oh. used to stand <laughs> your ground defense? I mean, you know, that's... Well, Karen, the answer to that is Florida. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, there's <laughs> nuts. It's, <laughs> it's nuts, and their stand-your-ground laws are, are pretty, that's pretty, true, pretty but, liberal. I mean, yeah, pretty loose. You know, you think about this, the law and the Bible can be argued from so many different perspectives based on what people are trying to accomplish. The same thing, the same words have at least two different meanings and, and several different interpretations. Yep. So good Lord. OK, I there's one more <laughs> thing. On, I'm, ju I'm just thinking now when you go into those hot boxes. Does this embolden youngsters to go out there loaded in gills with a you know, semi-automatic rifle. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I still don't think, I still like to believe that people don't want to kill other people. Listen to Mark. I, I he mean, doesn't who, want to believe it. Well, who wants to go I through refuse, it? I'm sitting here in my suburban basement, Karen. <laughs> lower level. In my suburban garden mezzanine lower level. Yeah, easy for me. I choose to believe people want to listen to the Bible. Well, who wants to go through what Rittenhouse just went through? Yeah, dude. Wow. A lot to take in. Oh, by the way, my CPO license is about ready to expire. Good luck, Charlie. You know, you're allowed to study on your own. You have to, like, you have to do a few hours. Vouch for yourself that you did. I'm going to take the class again because I don't even really know, you know, when you're entitled to and when you're not. Road rage is not an entitlement. No, you can't shoot somebody walking away. You can't shoot somebody because they're... If they're stealing something from you, you have to legitimately fear for your life. I just got mine renewed. So look at hey. packing Karen is <laughs> covered up over my right shoulder here. <laughs> well, just just notice, do not enter my domicile. And as a reporter, you know, I just I, I don't carry a weapon. I, I was taught that a long time ago. You can't peacefully enter some other culture piece of society if you pack it so i don't but 
do not fuck with my house. That's the castle doctrine. Mm-hmm. All right, good luck to everybody in the world. Good luck tonight, Kenosha. <laughs> Holy smokes. Okay, but look, we have, and you're gonna you're gonna want to do this later after you get your written house boner massaged. <laughs> gonna be there all night. <laughs> hey, how did you see this? I'm sh- come on, tweet away. Tweet hate at me. Tweet hate. <laughs> it will go on I all night. I feed on it. <laughs> what is going on with our Christmas gifts? What's going on with the money? Why is the port of LA clogged like a bad toilet at the Daytona 500 infield? <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that sounds gross, yeah. That's so bad. I once did a story on the two people on Monday who cleaned it out. <laughs> oh, Danny and Susie. I swear to God, Karen, you're like, what haven't you done? I've done that. Now, <laughs> now, I said, how much do you make? And Danny said, minimum wage. And uh, I said, how much is that? And Susie said, about nine fifty. He goes, nope, it's seven twenty-five. And I wrote, right there, her and power evaporated by thirty <laughs> percent. Get in there and scrub that outhouse. It's <laughs> a good piece. <laughs> and then guess where we went right after that? Funny little. Because we were doing Florida, the boat, mm-hmm. right? the I-5 corridor. Mm-hmm. The next place we stopped was Trayvon Martin's neighborhood. It was the anniversary. Oh, wow. Something like the five-year, four-year anniversary. And you know what? Nobody would come out. It was like a bunch of townhouses yeah. in a gated community. And nobody would come outside. One guy was whispering from the second floor through, through a screen door saying, we don't talk about that. And I was like, this is... The weirdest country. Yeah. There's a lot of culture here. Florida, like Mark said, it's Florida. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyway, supply chains, inflation, international movement, trucking. I am proud to have on the program today Matthew Maroon. What's up, brother? Good to be here. Oh, there you go. See, test, test, test. I'll try it now. Good to be here. <laughs> now, uh, you, you have a lot of, co- it's like basically, Matthew, his family, his father was Maddie Maroon. It's Centra. There's Central Holdings. They have a lot of logistics companies. So I would say, basically, you're looking at one of the top 10 logistics people in the Western Hemisphere. This, this, this man's a baller. He's a roller. So he's going to, he's Detroit's own. Well, actually, it's like St. Clair. No, it's uh, Gross Point. Uh, which one? Is Shores? Well, it's the fancy one. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, there you go. Gated <laughs> <Data> community. <laughs> well, dude, it ain't Westland. No, no, okay. Okay, right. okay, yeah. You, you fuck win. no, it ain't Westland. You so, win. <laughs> so he gonna he gonna let us know what's going on, what we can expect for Christmas, when prices might go down, the importance of truck, the whole night, right? Can you do that for us? In in two words or less? No, uh, but you'll we'll do it yes, in the course of, course of a conversation. Okay, excellent. Then we, we where the fuck is Whitmer? We're going to get to that. Like, Pre- President Sleepy Joe's in town. Sorry. I'm not a Trump guy, so but I just like saying Sleepy Joe. <laughs> well, they, they, they call him Jim Crow Joe. Jim Quiet. Crow. Jeez. Oh, well, he's 80. Okay, so so Biden's in, in Detroit. For the sleepy part, Karen. Biden's in Detroit this week to open up a GM electric vehicle factory. And Whitmer's in California? That's very odd. Okay, we'll get into that. Really okay, and what are the prospects of slipping Jimmy James Craig, the former chief of police, Who's the front runner for the Republican nomination, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the state of that campaign. Uh, I don't think he really knows what's going on under there, but 
This is no bullshit news. That's why you listen, because this is what you need in a week. And All right. Then uh, give you a little Thanksgiving story of how I was raised with Midwestern values. And finally, do you know I invented celebrity football, <laughs> celebrity <laughs> professional football. I actually played professional so, football. I signed a one-day contract, and we have the proof. I want more celebrity football. <laughs> I want to see more of that. But first. I want to go back to the boxing from last week. <laughs> oh, this one's good, though, Karen. Okay. This one's good. I did pretty good. Um, yeah. Okay, I've only, okay, look. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Okay, first a word from our sponsors. Um, as always, brought to you by American Coney Island, Detroit's finest, the inventor of the Coney dog, proprietary chili, the snap when you bite it, grilled dog, Vidalia onions, there it is right there. What the fuck is going on downtown with the Christmas tree lighting? Don't, don't <laughs> patronize those food trucks. Mm -mm. So we're going to light the Christmas tree. You know how the corporate overlords, they now control Campus Marshes, the center of Detroit, right? They've invo invited 15 food trucks from the burbs right? Kicked them out of campus marshes. And guess where they're all lined up? Where? Around American Coney Island. And guess what they're selling? What? Crappy hot dogs, crappy French fries, crappy chili fries. Probably got it from National Chili, which is where Lafayette Coney Island gets it. Probably cleaner than Lafayette. I'm just saying they're doing the chicken tenders. Don't look, look, you corporate scumbags. You know how much taxes are on there? Keeping the, the icon of Detroit open, and you're you're sucking the life out of the city. How can you do this? Why can't there be six food trucks? And you put some up Woodward, and you put some over there by the old county building. Why you gotta do that? I know why. That's why I don't get invited to the Our Detroit Awards. <laughs> I win those, right? I, I win like three a year, and then I never get invited to the party. Mm. You know why? Why? I got my fucking eyes on you. I'm going to ruin your cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. You got to think about the bigger impact of this. You know, people tend to think, oh, a food truck is fun and it's cool. But you've got to think about the stability of a city and the businesses that contribute to that stability, like American Coney Island. I mean, so those things are fun. But a lot of the lot of the businesses, too, that have you know participated in these funding sources uh, my, what I hear is Rock Financial has a piece of that. So, you know, you got to go a piece with of the food truck. This guy will stop at nothing. This Gilbert guy. Oh, you see what that stock's doing? Woo! Told you. Uh, hey, Matt. Yes. You're in high finance. What is the lifeblood funding source of a municipality? What is the number in a healthy city? Where do they get their revenue from? Property taxes. Boom! That's right, bro. Not from not from licensing a fucking wingding truck. Yeah. It's American Coney Island. Right there in the middle of the damn city. What are we doing here? Oh, you know that big Amazon deal? Yeah. On eight mile? Eight mile one, yeah. 150 square uh, 150 acres contiguous. Yeah. The city bought it for seven million from the state, because you gotta pay something nominal. Then Duggan's buddy bought it from the city for $9 million, hmm. and then Amazon's doing a half a billion dollar development, and the city's stuck with an $18 million, you got to build a bus state terminal on it. So how does Detroit lose $13 million on 150 acres? 
by giving it away. Willingly. Just like that? Yeah. <laughs> Put to a middleman. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Eat at American Coney Island. And listen, <laughs> if you're going to. That was a long way to go to say eat at American Coney Island. The toilets way. are clean. Yeah, I know. Those oh, oh, and if you're buying at the food truck, don't come in. Don't come in and be using the toilet I got to fix. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, or to warm up. All right. You know, we should call, we should call ADR. Get this yeah, done. Yeah, them fix it. We should have called ADR. Hey, man, what's with all the food trucks? Probably the food trucks did call ADR and got it done. I don't know. But they get stuff done. If you're into construction, deconstruction, demo, rehab, project management, property management, owner representative services, you call our friend Barry Ellen Tuck at ADR, ethical, honest, and smart, 248-318-9424. All right. Matthew, brother, give me a hug. Come in. Come over here. <laughs> Matt's gonna be like, "What am I gotten myself into?" Well, it's already his third or fourth hug of the day. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually trying to go through his pocket. This guy's loaded. <laughs> thanks. thanks, thanks again, Charlie. <laughs> Matthew, uh, you guys are transcontinental. What what's going on with this stuff? Let's start with the um, Los Angeles Harbor. Okay, what's all these boats doing there? Why can't we get these things unpacked? It took 75 years, basically uh, post-World War II till the pandemic, to build the supply chain that the United States uses and, and, uh, and we're related to internationally. And the pandemic uh, wrecked it. it. It's not hurt, it's broke. And it's been broke. It started with the inconsistently timed, although, you know, for good health reasons they were, Lockdowns, right? So China locked down at a different time than we locked down. The port locked down at a different time than Michigan locked down. And all these things started creating bubbles within the supply chain. So right now there's a giant bubble at the port of Long Beach, LA. That's interesting. I, nobody ever, that, that's, I'm going to integrate that now. Plus, you are a world's expert at this. So you eat, uh, breathe, sleep this. I don't yeah, know. the different shutdowns. Good point. Didn't really even think of that. Right. Juggling balls. It's, you know, just, just picture, once that, once that bubble moves out of the port, it's, it's going to land at the railheads in, in L.A. Right. Right? And then once it lands at the origin points of the railheads, then it's going to be in Chicago and Memphis and Dallas and Atlanta. And it's just, it's got to, everything has to flow all the way through the system to clear it out the other end. Now, take me through I, this quickly. Like, the tanker comes in. Right? Well, it's not, it's a steamship. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> it wants to be accurate. Contain, oh, con container yeah. ship. Okay, yeah. container they, don't, they don't use steam the anymore. The container vessel. <laughs> right. Okay. The aqua vessel. Right. <laughs> it's there at the port. They take it off. How do you distribute the goods in those boxes? How does that work? Like, so some go to the rail. So, okay. So <clears throat> the main, main point is a trucker needs to come in. And he needs to have an empty chassis to set the container down on. The chassis is the trailer with the all the wheels on it, with the mud flaps. It just it you just it's the piece of steel with the uh, tandem axles in the back and mud flaps. Behind okay, it. that's okay. it. The container sets right on there. The big problem right now is because China has sent all their containers, not just China, but Asia has sent all their containers to the United States, and because of our labor shortages and our various lockdowns that we've had over the last 18 months, 
we've been too slow to unload those containers. So there's a glut of containers in the United States. With stuff in them. With stuff in them. A glut to the point, there's not enough containers on the, on the origin end in Asia to ship all the goods to us. Okay. okay. So, okay. so we got this glut of containers here. And the, the containers are sitting on all of our ch empty chassis. So you go into the port, the port says, hey, you, can, you, you need to come make this pickup of this fresh container that just, we just pulled off the boat. Well, I don't have an empty container. I, I've got empty chassis sitting on the containers that I have. So I need to bring my empty container into the port. Well, the port is restricting how many empty containers you can bring in. No place to, to put them. You have to, so they're saying, come make your pickup on one hand. And on the other hand, they're saying, you can't come in without an appointment to deliver your empty container. And by the way, those are restricted to very few appointments. So it's just, you got a big bubble, a big bottleneck right there. May I? Yes. Okay. So the ship comes in, you see those big cranes in the yard. They lift them off. The, these boxes, these railroad car-like boxes full of teddy bears and stuff. Call them containers. Yeah, yep. just so people know, right? Okay. So they can see it. They right. look like those box cars. You take them off, you stack them up. The supply chain says, hey, trucker, did it do? You're over there on, on aisle four, row three. Go drive your empty chassis, chassis and we're going to load that on for you. Now the trucker takes that, and he either drives it to the railroad yard, Right, right, where they pick it up and put it on a train. That's one or, place. Or he actually drives it somewhere. Or usually to a warehouse in Southern California to where, get transloaded or... Where or, they unpack it. You got it. Okay. So now he's got an empty box right. container. Now he's driving around and there's no place to put this empty container because if he goes back to the port of LA, they've already got a whole yard full of these damn things. They can't take any more of them. So they're just dropping the chassis with the box on it and saying... No, you're, they're, the, empty, em, uh, the empty containers are sitting on chassis all over Southern California. So the chassis are being... Waiting for appointments to get back into the port so they can pick up the next one. So the chassis are now occupied. We don't have enough... occupied. So could this also be... So you're saying a lot of goods sat there over the pandemic because people weren't working as much. You know, the, right. the port wasn't at full capacity. And now it's at double capacity. Here, here's my great thought here. Right. The... Trade deficit, the de you know, we trade with foreign nations and they trade with us and the imbalance was a record in September. $90 billion trade. Could this be also, brother, not just the supply chain, but we've, as Americans, took this mouse, went, oh, look, teddy bears in China. Give me 40 of them. I got to get it in for Christmas. I want it now. And all of a sudden, there's a glut of shit on ships from us who didn't spend too much during the lockdown. And then Uncle Sam was sending us buku dollars. PPP, PPP? Yeah, payroll protection program. Payroll protection yeah. program, mm -hmm. the stimulus check, the shit for my kids. Shit. Shit, I made more money in the pandemic. Yeah, we're not spending on services either. So, why so is that also goes? it? Well, I, I, I don't, demand is high. Demand and, is high. And we, and we haven't, there really hasn't been anything to curb our demand, right? But it started with the, with the rolling, inconsistent rolling lockdowns. And of course, we got our, our number one shortage right now is a labor shortage. So those folks in those warehouses that unload the containers, mm -hmm. there's not enough of them. They want more money. Well, and they're, 
they're getting more money. Right. But there's still not enough of them. Why is that, bro? I mean, make it simple. Nobody has this answer. Well, I'm looking for more warehouse workers, too. So if I, if I had the answer... Them, I, put a number out? Go ahead and give... We like to hook people. What, what are you starting at? Let's say you, you, you have a high school degree. You, you piss clean. You don't even care if they piss clean. I mean... Let's, you, don't, you don't have to say it. I know that. Okay. You know okay. it. I, I know that. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Um, you know, somebody with some brains and a good work record, what, what, what might you start out in a warehouse? Approximately, in Detroit area, approximately $17 to $18 an hour. Okay. There you go. And if you're really good, 20 Oh, yeah. If you're really, if you're, if you're really good <laughs> or if you get into like a uh, little supervisory role or you or you become a lead in different jobs, depending on the situation, you, you'd be in the 20s. And there's overtime, I'm thinking? Yes. Okay. So, Charlie, are you going to do that, too, just to, you know, continue to where this podcast up? is going. <laughs> Everybody's I, talking Rittenhouse, and we're talking about empty cans, right? Well, I care more on about Seal getting Beach. my stuff. I want my stuff. Boy, if, how many times I've seen an empty can on Seal Beach, I'll tell you, bro. Um, I think most people would say, well, if you can't get workers, why don't you just pay them more? What, what is the response to that? They are getting paid substantially more. I, uh, many, many folks in, the, in those types of labor positions have, have gotten increase after increase. Just during the pandemic, I would guess most of, most of our businesses and our competitors have handed out two to four different increases in the last 18 months. And I'm talking significantly. Not bonuses, but increases. Well, uh, Matthew, do you, do you require a vaccination for your employees? Uh, one of our listeners is asking. Recommend. Oh, recommend. See that? Look at that. Very forward. Recommend, but not require. Okay. Yes. See, this, this man should run for governor. That's a straight answer right there. I ain't getting into it, man. And That's quick. Again, Charlie. <laughs> Are you running for governor? Never. <laughs> Why would you want that headache? Well, look, I'll tell you, for one reason, you have to ask anybody for a plane. <laughs> All right. I, I, I feel like I'm a soft target here. Is this thing on? <laughs> Check, check. Uh, good one. Okay. Good one. Which, <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> okay, look, man. Uh, that, that was your... That, well, you were a partner on that plane, weren't you? That, that yes. Was, yeah, okay. You want to talk about that? Maybe some other time. Okay, just one final question on that. What, did you know, I did a lot of work on this, this is true, that the fuel used to power your jet comes from Line 5? I, I did not know that. That's fact. Mm-hmm. Let's just let that hang. Okay, so this part is brought to you by Luke Nowacki. This high finance. Play it for me, please. Listen, maybe you're not a big time trucking magnet. Maybe you're not a big time city official who can travel around with your entourage on the city's dime. Or laying to my friend here and use his airplane. Maybe you don't get government contracts. Maybe you're just a working dude, wondering, hey man, I'd love to work in this warehouse if I don't gotta get COVID. Shots. There's a bigger thing to worry about than that. Apparently not. Listen, but if you're not among the elite, right? If you don't know the mayor or you don't have a food truck, and you know these guys downtown, you're gonna have to work. And you're gonna have to save. And you have to invest properly. What should I do? I do Bitcoin. <laughs> That's what everybody's saying. The guy working the counter at the taco shop I took my daughter in. 
It's recommending Bitcoin, man, so you know that's a sure deal. But if you don't play that, I recommend calling Luke Nowacki, right? You hear it. You hear it. Listen. Royal Alliance Associates. 248-663-4748. for rational financial advice. Matthew Maroon joining us. One of my favorite billionaires because he actually does stuff. This is a shipping magnet. This is rubber and steel and gasoline. Sorry. Diesel. (laughs) Electric. Who said diesel? Tyler, we have another question for Matthew. When all the the serious stuff is over, um, we had a listener ask, what do you do for fun? What's the best part about being wealthy? I mean, everybody, you know, I mean, and everybody, you know, sits back and they say, oh, I want to have a lot of money. But, you know, what's the most what's the best thing about not being broke? Oh, doing this podcast. <laughs> that I can just, I can just play. You, Charlie. Charlie's right. Oh, Besides, oh, not me. Oh, not you. Oh, no, Besides, no, Matt. oh I'm sorry. The other, the other not broke, not okay. you. <laughs> besides, besides doing this podcast with, uh, with Charlie, you know, I, I, I like football. I like watching football. I, I used to like watch, watching kids hockey when I, when my kid played hockey, um, I like being on uh, the Detroit River or uh, Lake St. Clair in the summertime. That works. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Do you like your work? <laughs> what about the booby trap on Eight Miles? <laughs> well, everyone loves the booby trap. What are you I, talking about? I try to stay away from yeah, that. Yeah, I don't like the booby <laughs> trap. I'm going to tell you why I don't like strip clubs. Let me just tell you why. Okay. Because they don't really like me. I'm just a dollar. I know that. Look yeah. at me. Who could like this? What do you what, do? You want to fall in love? We, we've gotten away from the I supply like to chain questions a little bit now. <laughs> it <laughs> happens was... in the lower level, Matthew. It happens. I want to feel <laughs> special. No, I'll just have a drink, and then I'll get drunk, and then try to save them all. You really <laughs> should go back to nursing school. It's worked. <laughs> Here's $30. Sit with me. I'm pathetic. Okay, listen. Let's get back to high international finance, bro. That's, that'd be better. <laughs> you own, you're the only guy in the, in the Western Hemisphere who owns an international bridge. You actually own the Ambassador Bridge from Windsor, Canada, Ontario, Windsor, Ontario, Canada, to Detroit, Michigan, USA. Correct? That's right. My, my family does. That's, uh, it's, it's, we want to get into that because you know what? Let's, we're doing you now. So right. now they're building the Gordie Howe International Bridge, fully funded by Canada. Right? Right. And they'll take all the revenues for to pay for the Americans part. I don't think there's enough traffic there. And the big question is, I'm gonna let you go off on this. My problem when you're looking at LA, looking at the money situation in Detroit, looking at good paying jobs, we never came up basically with a port. What in the business is known as an intermodal yard. And what is an intermodal yard, people? That's where the truck goes, and they take the container off of the truck and put it on the train. I know that was a strategy of your family. Why don't we have any, why, don't we, why are we a pass through for everything? Well, we, we, we do have some intermodal yards, Charlie, yes. right? It, and, and, and they're old, they're but old. we do have them. And, and actually, as far as like intermodal in Detroit, the infrastructure that we do have, despite the fact that it's aging, is servicing the demand that we have. There's, there's not a, um, there's not a lack of functionality problem here. Is that because like Canada was going gangbusters for a year and now most of the auto stuff is coming from the southern border? No, I, I, I think it's because whether whether it's uh, 
CSX or Norfolk Southern or, or CN, they, they have adequate facilities for intermodal in, in, our, uh, in our city. They can meet the demand. For a long time, the idea was to build one giant intermodal yard and, uh, and kind of replace their, their more dated functions, yes. but it, it, it probably wasn't a good uh, value proposition. It, spend a lot of money and, and achieve the same result. Because we achieve nothing in this state. Everybody's got their hands out and it costs more than it should, and we don't have anything like Seattle's got or LA's got or Houston's got. Like the bridge, your bridge, is the busiest overland Maybe, maybe the, maybe the single, if you count a single bridge, yes, I think in Laredo, they've got more than one bridge. You add them together. That's uh there's more traffic uh, in Laredo. But, but what that bridge is a huge component of, of economic well-being in North America. Sure it is. Right. It's, it's the, it's the line between Ontario, Canada and, and the Midwest States. The industrial cradle of this country. Right. Okay. And yet we can't build anything new and look forward. Well, they're building the new Gordie Howe Bridge. Yeah, I but mean, again, it's a toll and see a hello, Toledo. Okay, is yeah. there a way to get these trunks to stop so we can shake them down for a couple of nickels? That's <laughs> not the way the supply chain works, right? You're going to stop where you need to stop and you're not. Come gonna... on, you're old man Newhoffer. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no you, you, you can't just stand next to the supply chain and hope you do well. What does that mean? Well, I mean, if it if it doesn't have a cause, a good reason to stop in your area, right? You're either either the shipper is in Detroit area, or the or the consignee, the destination is in Detroit, or it's not. If neither one of those two things is here, the load, whether it's a rail load, a truck load, or or whatever, it's going to go right through. That's huh. just. The but way what it would is. be a good reason for them to stop here? A factory. Okay. Yeah, I just want to, I mean, I okay. want you to wait, elaborate. Wait, here, I mean, you said a good right. reason. What would be a, a, good a good reason? A good reason would be another new assembly plant, a, um, uh, a, new, uh, a new park filled with suppliers, uh, another, another complete industry like uh, aerospace or, or defense. Uh, those would all be good reasons. But no one's going to – it would just cost extra money from a transportation standpoint, to arbitrarily stop somewhere along the way. Yeah, we're, we're clowning around. The, yeah. I get the greater point is this, right. and I need you to be honest. You know, as like John Recolt is honest, and people are. Is this a destination for business? And does business is the is the climate here good and attractive for business to stop? And are they going to build a plant? Should my kid be looking for Kentucky or Texas? Like it seems businesses. Be honest. Well, Detroit definitely has been a great place to stop. Yes. Right. And uh, southeastern Michigan, because we we have had a lot of advantages, right, with with our manufacturing and so on. And you know the the future is is the big question, right? Are we going to continue to invest in it? It seems like we are. You know, uh, General Motors just spent a whole bunch of money on on the Hamtramck assembly plant. So that seems like they're going to build electric cars there for a long time. Uh, Stellantis just finished the new Mack Avenue assembly plant. That's a brand new plant. They build the Grand Cherokee there. They're going to stay invested for a long time. We just need to keep doing more of that. We being private industry, because there, there is this 
public private thing, especially with with shipping. You know, you um, got into my right in my show. Wait a minute. What? I'm sorry. I apologize. No, 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 no. No. Ford's going to Kentucky. Ford's going to that's true to Tennessee. Texas is making a play for GM. Rivian, which is now valued yeah. uh, third. Yeah. A combined value of Ford and General Motors. They're playing, but now they're moving out to Irvine, California. Dude, talk to me for real. I got a kid, right? I mean, would you, if you could, move some operations more centrally? Because you're up here on a cold peninsula. It seems to me, logistics guy. Okay, so so okay. if 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 you're looking for where to locate an assembly plant or a big supplier, right? So the the number one place. If you don't look at anything else, right, you're just saying, I want the cheapest no matter what. And there's disadvantages to that, is Mexico. The second is South, Southern United States, Texas, Southeast. And then as you move up, then uh, Michigan would probably be the very next best place after that because of our skilled workers and whatnot. And then Ontario uh, would be the most costly. But there's other things. Right. If you already have some of your suppliers or a lot of your suppliers in the Midwest and you locate your assembly plant here, then, of course, your transportation costs are less. Right. If there if the logistics network is more supported in Michigan, then that's an advantage to Michigan. If you have skilled workers in Michigan that already know how to work on assembly lines and folks that have you know gotten degrees that lend themselves to the automotive industry and all the engineering involved, then this, 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 um, the advantages here might outweigh some of those just, just cheaper labor costs in southern U.S. Or, or Mexico. So what you're saying is Mexico's preferred, then the other half of the United States. If you look strictly just at labor. Okay. Right. Okay. So I'm looking at the port of L.A. I'm looking at the price. I'm looking at the... The containers we can't even ship back to Asia. It's becoming cross prohibitive now, and geopolitically prohibitive to be doing work with China. Are we going to see a bunch of that Asian work coming back to the Americas, and specifically, is Mexico the next Titan? I I, I think Mexico's prospects are very good. I got. I can't drink the water in Flint, and they got all the auto jobs in Hermosa. That's true, isn't it? Well, Look, I, you hear what he said. I mean, if 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 you're a manufacturer and you currently have a plant in China and and your business is, has been buffeted by supply chain issues and you can't get your goods to the customers, and and your customers are North American customers, I mean, Mexico, Texas, Southern United States, and other states that have unique advantages are are where you're you're looking at locating or resourcing. Your product for Why you. did I fucking leave LA? <laughs> I had it made. I was oh, okay. Um, did you have something you want to? Well, I want to uh, going back to the whole ports and you know private versus public and and you know the bridges obviously for one right. privately and one being publicly built and you know Virginia oversees their port as a state. Los Angeles is different and I think they're leased out. Um, how do you manage that with um, putting investment in and going forward? I mean, do you want the <laughs> what do you come on? Right. What are you asking? Well, is how how would a private do you want private industry to do it, or how do you do you want the state to pour more money into private industry to build up this infrastructure? Ah, corporate welfare. Corporate welfare. How much do I got to pay you to stay here? 
That was a lot easier to say. Thank you. Way. Thank you. That's why you're. That's why it's your show. I'm not a big fan. Pulitzer <laughs> Prize. I'm. I'm not a big fan of corporate welfare. I think that if if you if you've got the right uh, location or this most strategic location, mm-hmm. and the demand is there, then these larger companies, whether it's a railroad or a, or a steamship line, they've got the money to spend on the right port. I don't know if the government would let them because they, they might want to control it, mm-hmm. right? They might want to uh, develop the port themselves, own it, lease out different berths in the port as a concession so that they can make money on it too, like LA does and most of the other ports do. But if you ha- you know, clearly railroads and steamship lines have plenty enough money to let the demand um, direct them how they should but build But they don't ports. have to. There's a problem with this. They don't have to. That's the new culture. That's right. You don't have to. It's going to shake us. See, boom. Now, speaking of which, corporate welfare. A lot. Your dad took a lot of shit. Some deserve, some not deserve. But that guy didn't take the money like... I won't, I won't embarrass you like that, you know, like okay. other locals. It was just, you did your job, you had a strategy, and you didn't eat from the public trough. That much is true. Yeah, we, we, that we really haven't been involved in any significant project that where, uh, where we've been dependent on a contract with the government Fuck. or, or, or taking subsidies. That's business. Mm-hmm. Now, the big question. Where did your father bury Hoffa? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. No. You know, so that you know, my, uh, they had a big difference in age. So my grandfather owned a gas station uh, in Detroit and my dad worked there as a kid and it was close to the union hall. So Hoffa and other union officials would fill up their cars or my dad would fill up their cars uh, at the gas station. So he knew him as a kid, and then later, as after they got in the trucking business, he got to know him, I guess, for real in business. But that's how that's how he got to know Hoffa. Do you know the uh, Hoffa's theory about chain organizing? This is very important for all you pe- all you the young people studying logistics, union uh, organization, etc. This is the 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 theory. Mark, you listening here? Yeah, I'm listening. This is the theory. The, the theory of chain organization. Yes. Okay. It's, very, it's, it's not too complicated, but stay with me here. If you refuse to join the union, then we're going to put a fucking chain <laughs> through your windshield. That's chain organizing. That's how Hoffa did it. That's what his dad told me. I, I, you want to respond to that, Matthew? I think there were, there were a lot of crazy <laughs> things that used to go on 70 years ago. When we were cool. <laughs> When we were cool, we now got, we're watching we got good House mo- on cable. We got good movies out of those things. I know too. another reason to stop through Detroit on your way out from Canada. Truck driver, American Coney Island at the corner of American, uh, at the corner of Michigan Lafayette. Just right behind the food trucks. <laughs> did I do Hall Financial? Uh, you did not, but okay, no wait tell a minute. Me. Let me whoa, do this. Whoa, whoa, who? Listen, bro, you want to hang? Because we're, we're now going to tear into the governor, and we're going to tear into the chief of police, and... Uh, I, I'm going to stick to supply chain issues. Okay, but that's what we're going to do. So you, you just want to hang and listen? You can, you can, like, you know, I, I look. You can hang out on Lake St. Clair, Charlie. He doesn't want to be in the lower level. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but he's got to see Charlie's football piece. Yes, yeah, he'll hang. That you, doesn't, you just that doesn't deal sound with. right, Mark. Deal with it. Oh. All right, listen. Phrasing? Uh, listen, uh, the, the, the political segment of our show, Where's Whitmer, brought to you by Hall Financial, right? Yes. Because I tell you what. 
they close the majority of their loans in eight business days. Okay? You hear me? I hear you. Eight business days. And Whitmer's MIA for the last 16 days. So, mm. which house? State house or the dream house <laughs> that you want? Look, it's houses are flying. The prices are coming down. But the average resales in a week, when you're ready to pull the trigger, you're going to need the mortgage specialist that can get it done. Don't lose the house. Okay? That's why they have over 4,000 five-star reviews. Make sure you understand and are prepared when you want to buy the house. And always, always remember, refis right there. Interest rates ain't staying this low forever. Are they, Matt? No. No, they're not. <laughs> he's, he's, he left. <laughs> he, is, he is leaving, yes. Right. So it's 866-CALL-HALL. Call there you go. Look at you. And what's the website again? Uh, CallHallFirst.com. Yep. There you go. That's where we go. That it, bro? I saw the commercial, so I remember the, the number this time. I remember because Charlie is so well at uh, selling it. So <laughs> <laughs> they're doing a little. They're doing their own yeah. business right now. Is uh, Maddie's got a bolt? Oh, so. okay. Well, all right. That's okay too, Mark. That's a good thing, I guess. Any other feedback on your monitoring of uh, social media? No. Now everybody's talking about uh, white supremacist prison guards operating with okay. impunity in Florida, despite right. reports from inmates. It's it, the world doing is crazy. Own, they're doing so. their own show. I know, you know everything. Oh, it's it's a lot going on. So no, I guess now the focus turns to the Amon Aubrey uh, trial, and everybody's going to watch that now. So yeah. I don't know. And like I said, we just move from thing to thing, and and not ever, not much ever gets resolved. You know what? I, you, you know what I would do? What? what if I was still working the West Coast Bureau for the New York Times? Matt, what? Just, Matthew just showed me this picture of like all these boats out there, and this you know the sailors stuck on there and stuff. I would definitely pull up there in a boat, mm -hmm. charter boat, motor boat, with like a couple of fifths, a couple of cases, a couple of pizzas, and they put me in a cargo net and take me up there, and I'd live on that ship for a couple of days and write a story. After 9-11, Karen, all this, it looked like this in the New York Harbor. Mm -hmm. And I took a boat out there and hung out. There you go again. Supper. <laughs> this is the greatest things. It's like the Greek skipper, right? The, the Czech mechanic the pakistani and uh, filipino crew hands mm -hmm. it's an amazing boat how many like how many people live on a boat like or not live but work on a boat like that i mean a they're living do you have any idea matthew i, I, I mean we're we talking like he doesn't own yeah. he doesn't own no i just wondered doesn't because own. they're massive. I don't think people understand them. They're so big, they can't even go through the Panama Canal, a lot of the big ones. Matthew now. was trying to leave. I know. So. <laughs> Let him go. I can pick he's, his he brain for hours. The lower level. <laughs> These are seven He wants to see daylight high. again. <laughs> 10,000 10, railroad cans. 10,000 boxcars. That's crazy. All right, man. We'll see you. It just shows how there's one blip in the supply chain and it all starts to go to yeah, hell. That's true. But, you know, I also think that there's a there's that fear factor again. You know, they're trying to drive because inflation is high and people may be spending a little less. I also think that fear factor, go shop now, you know, buy your Christmas gifts, buy a bunch of stuff. And everybody ought to learn from the pandemic and the shutdown. Keep your money, stay at home, keep it simple. It'll be okay. It's not good for the economy, though. Spend it. Yeah, no, but Just, you know, but, but, but regardless, though, because when something happens, I mean, and a lot of people are quitting their jobs, they don't feel, you know, respected, they're, they're going back to school, or, you know, maybe starting an, maybe starting a food truck, mm -hmm. um, you know, you gotta, you gotta have something to fall back on. And, you know, most Americans don't have a savings or a substantial enough savings that 
it would withstand any type of hiccup, you know, just a life hiccup. So, yeah, spending is good, but, you know, saving is also good. Excellent. You know what else is good? I don't know, but here's the transition. Whitmer! <laughs> Let's just get to this. Where's Whitmer? All right, look, it's bad. Look, folks, you know me. I'm an independent, but I'm really worried about the Democratic Party. The country, the country doesn't work well if the opposition party splintered. And I think you saw it. I Look, Biden's in Hamtramck slash Detroit at the new GM EV. That's bag. incredible. That, All right. Yeah. Duggan's off on a honeymoon or whatever. I don't know where the, the mayor's been for weeks. Deal? I, he's not in town. I think yeah, I haven't, that's I haven't seen the, him since the election. That's the height of hubris. You didn't even tell the population that you're not even in town. But forget him for a minute. Yeah. Whitmer, okay. Whitmer, who is, I believe, still the co-chairman of chairperson of the Democratic National Committee. Yes. Is off in California at a fundraiser with microchip people. That's the fucking president of the United States. In your state. She's going after the money, though, Charlie. But look here. Here's what's going on with the Democrats. You're about ready to get your ass whooped. They're going to flip all the way back over and listen, my Democratic friends, that scares you. And it should because they don't see the world like you see it. Right? I know that we have hiccups. I agree. Inflation will come down. Things will improve. We got to move to alternative source of energy. I agree with a lot of this. But if there's no rallying point, there's no tether, there's no maypole. If there's nobody going to lead the Democratic Party, yeah. you're fucked. And the governor got gone? Yeah. Do you think uh, she didn't want to be there or he didn't want her there? See, that's... The I mean, that's that's a tricky question. That's a good question, Mark. We that's a good question. There's like five possibilities. One, yeah. hey, it's just what you see. Our schedule's conflicted. That bullshit. Right, right. right. Hello? Bullshit. That's not right. it. Let, let me tell you this. Karen knows this. I know this. My friend in studio knows this. You don't make those kind of shows, those kind of get-togethers, those photo ops, without checking each other's calendars. So it's not yeah. that. Mm -hmm. It's not like I, I couldn't change it. Joe could have changed. They could have gone Monday. They or that gone you wouldn't change it, Charlie. Right. That's the thing. If you, whether, you, whether it's not, if the president is coming, the relationship is there, everything else falls second. So no, that's not it. Okay, What's next? next one. Biden didn't want her there. Didn't want to be could seen. Be. That doesn't make any sense. Number one, right? We're rallying here. We're opening the factory. Yeah. We're promoting the uh, the uh, stimulus for infrastructure. Sure. He's two and a half years out, right? Mm -hmm. She's no drain on him. He had her be the proxy. She was the runner-up for vice presidential sweepstakes, mind you. True. Okay, so who wasn't there? Whitmer, Duggan, and Tlaib. The three most prominent Democrats in this state aren't there. That doesn't bode well. So I don't believe Biden didn't want her there. Okay. Now, there's this thought. Whitmer didn't want to be seen with Biden. Why? Because Sleepy Joe, his, mm. his numbers are tanking, inflation's going up, and his numbers are going down. We've been humiliated in the Middle East. Fuel. Well, fuel. He's not popular. Yeah. So she's not popular, and she doesn't want to be seen with him. Go ahead with that one. Is that possible? That's quite possible. But that's also, I guess, political strategy. And I think that in this day and age, none of that is working. Um, you know, but both parties, Charlie, I was sharing with you earlier, 
have internal discord, disconnect, and disorganization that's going to be, you know, quite detrimental uh, in in the election. Now, whose fallout is going to be worse? That's yet to be seen. Well, now it's not a party. It's the fucking, he's my president. That's my president. You're in his party. A united front. Yeah. A united front. You don't disrespect the president to go collect a check. Well, and it raised questions too. It's raised so many questions as to why she's not there. And we're, we're, we all were saying it this week. Okay, look, mm-hmm. let, let's look at the bad news. Maybe Whitmer, here's the next point, Karen, is afraid of Whitmer. Now think about this. Look at the mm-hmm. news surrounding her. Very inception. Benton Harbor. Benton Harbor. Yeah. We've known for oh, years yeah. that the water's got lead in it. You didn't oh, yeah. do anything. It's coming out. Number two, you illegally raised campaign money for a recall that wasn't happening and now you've got to give it back. You, 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 mm-hmm. you, you smeared the edges again, just like you did with the airplane, right? Just mm-hmm. calling it a campaign contribution now. What else? It just came out. Michigan Unemployment Administration Agency overpaid $4 billion, according to the Auditor General, right? One-tenth of the claims were fraudulent, and they were giving unemployment checks to people that weren't even employed. Yeah. And the government, federal government was telling a month after month after it. month. So now you wonder why your unemployment check was fucked up because they were, they didn't know what to do. They were juggling. Wait a minute, man. We got an issue. We got to pull it back. You've got to reconfirm who you are. I'm not getting it. He's getting it. The Nigerian's getting it. I got to pay it back. A total fucking clusterfuck. Go to the auditor general and look that report up. And she just, uh, just did something to try to, I'm trying to find it. Um, for water infrastructure. But my thing is, is that like Flint's still not resolved. The issue with Benton Harbor, like everybody wants to act like these issues are new all of a sudden and they're not. So I can't find it, but it's like $100 million or something that she wants um, to allocate for infrastructure because she said everybody in Michigan deserves to have clean water. Well, that's true. Okay. Thanks for that. Well, where is she too? Because you know, believe it or not, COVID's still going on, and the state finally said something today, like their first statement on COVID in a long time. And it wasn't her. It was Elizabeth Hertel that came out and yeah. said, hey, we think you should, we recommend that you wear a mask. Yes. Va- mm-hmm. Yeah, not not a mandate of any sort, but you should probably wear a mask if you're inside. COVID that. numbers are exploding. Yeah, it's not not no good. We're the highest in the country, Charlie. We were the highest in the country. But it's her. It's her. Why, why doesn't she make it? they're this? exactly what they were last year. And last year, you locked us down. No kids in school, no Lions uh, attendees, which, by the way, they got about the same <laughs> same crowd. <laughs> I, yeah, I, but- I think when they banned fans, they had higher attendance. Yeah, but the Chicago fans will want to come on Thanksgiving. The fuck so. is going out with that? <laughs> um, but, but shouldn't she have delivered that message? Here's what well, she should- you know, Cuomo's out of office. So maybe she didn't have a game plan to follow. <laughs> well, did you see Biden do photo ops with Cuomo? No. No. So maybe, maybe there's something else at play here. Hmm. Don't forget, people, these very same Auditor General that told you what you already knew about unemployment in about two, three weeks, that nursing home count's coming. If that hmm. nursing home count, look, by, if that nursing home count comes and it's high, she is Fucked. You can forget about Benton Harbor and you can forget about Line 5 and the jet plane. That's the death knell. And that's. But don't you, Charlie, really? I mean, people will have to be able to hold her accountable for that. 
I don't hear enough uproar about even the question of the numbers. And for as long we, as you talked about it, we already heard it. And here's what's going on. Everybody's okay. quiet. I'm the reason it's quiet is because I'm quiet and I'm not promising you. Let's get this straight. I already saw some of these uh, plants, some of these, some of the lefties. Look, I didn't say anything. I didn't say it's going to be twice as high. I said it could be. It might be accurate. Me, as your brother in this community, just want an accurate count of what we were doing for the most vulnerable, seeing as we stopped the economy, we stopped our children's lives. Mm -hmm. I think that is an honorable thing to have done with my time. Any which way it comes out, I will report it. If it's high like Cuomo, there's going to have to be a criminal investigation. If it's low... Well, she'll probably come out of the out of the badger hole and 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 gear up again. That's badger. that's what I think's happening. A lot of I called everybody, Democrats, reporters, Republicans. The, the optics, Nobody knows. The optics, though, if you're talking about a year ago where she's leading this charge, whether you liked it or didn't like it, of you know, follow the science, whatever she's saying, yeah. she was out there front and center. And now I don't know where she is. Okay, two things. If that nursing home number's high. Yeah. And you were back there following the science and the data, and it's not true. I'm, I'm just saying from a perspective, from a leadership perspective. So now, here's the deal. Everybody's a professional. I talk to professional message makers, Democrat, Republican, you know, we, we know a lot of people. Here's what's really easy, and I'm sure they discussed it. Wimmer comes out and says this. Yes, I know they're the same level. But what we did last year, we completely shut it down, and we saved lives. Now we have tools. We have vaccines right mm -hmm. now the lions are at you know well not the lions but you know michigan state the big house they're at capacity schools are in yeah we're not shut down at all and the numbers are the same so what she could be saying is we've reached what fauci called what was that herd, herd immunity, immunity. Herd immunity. Mm -hmm. right which we're well over that by now we're well over that between the people that got two shots and those that had it. Well over 70%. That was her goal. We've met the goal, and we can't live in an iceberg for the rest of our lives. That's what you would say. Yeah. Then again. It seems easy. All you got to do is pull up the data about, you know, <laughs> death count in the Midwest, and Michigan has more deaths per capita than Ohio that didn't shut down. It's got less deaths per capita or more deaths per capita than Illinois that has Chicago less more deaths per capita than Wisconsin that didn't shut down more deaths per capita than Minnesota that did shut down and only Indiana and Pennsylvania are slightly above us so you can't even make the argument that shutting all that down save lives no matter how many University of Michigan studies you want to quote that you paid for because that study actually never counted deaths it counted cases mm. i think it's a fucking mess my thought is she's hiding from herself mm. and in how two, does that work and in two weeks if that comes out we'll have it for you and in two i think we're going to take next week off enjoy the holiday Oh, we get a vacation? I, yeah. Wow. And then in two Is it weeks. a paid vacation, Charlie? <laughs> we'll have Richie McGinnis, you know, the Daily yes. Caller reporter yeah. that was there with uh, Rittenhouse. You know, the bullet whizzed by him. He's on the stand. Promise me, come on as soon as there's a verdict. It's today. So we'll get to that in two weeks. You're going to want to see that. Okay. Was that good? Okay. Very good. Now let's go to Slip and Jimmy Craig, chief of police, the presumptive front runner 
for the Republican nomination. One, he looks frail. Everybody thinks he's ill. I don't know. But he, he doesn't look right. You know, campaigning can take a toll on you, Charlie. Exactly. So maybe he's just tired. You know, it's a lot. But everything, everything about politics is image, isn't it? When you're running? Yes, it is. So 90% of it, yes. You, you can't go to the Republican Governors Association in Arizona and be sitting at the table with all your security when nobody else, young kid's not sitting with his security. You know, mm. I've written about this before. Dude, you, you got to look like you're a person of the people. You can't be looking like you're the king of Siam here. Okay, but here's the deal. The leaders are falling away. Jim, they're not telling you. I'm going to tell you. Here, I'm going to tell you. This is the truth. The big boys are starting to back off. They're not making the phone calls to raise the money. And people within your own campaign are reaching out to other potential candidates. That's true. I'm going to leave it at that. That's true. So you better be asking them. I'm making calls to your people. They don't want to pick up the phone. Karen reached out. What, what did he say? He thought it was going well, Karen? Well, yeah, I sent you the, the the message and he said he thought it was going well. I mean, he sounded upbeat. I mean, you know, you got to remember the kind of person he is. He's in it to win. Uh, and, you know, this may be his actual first Fourier into politics at this level. So, you know, he's navigating. And uh, and if he does see any issues, I mean, maybe I mean, certainly that shouldn't be something that he would disclose. Well, I'm going to say this again. My vote's up for grabs. You left, he's going to vote left. You right, he's going to vote right. And us 20, 25 percent in the middle, let's call it 20 percent, uh, 20, 20 percent, right? Mm -hmm. If we go 49, 51, we're deciding. So I'm, I'm actually talking to my people. So you, you guys got to wow me. Madam Governor, I'm telling you here, you got to get ahead of this thing. You can't be hiding. It's not working. Under what circumstances would you vote for uh, Whitmer? It's a great question. One, let me see them nursing home numbers were correct. And we did the right thing. That's, that's, that's the basis right there. Two, let me see how you're handling this federal money. You know, I, I'm needing to see a realistic budget, what we're actually doing about roads, what we're doing about schools. Some heads need the roll, right? You got to clean house and get some fresh blood in there because the fact of the matter is, in politics... Anybody that's been doing it for the last year and a half is burned the fuck out. You've been so COVID heavy, you let things go. Yeah. You let so many things go, and they're here to bite you in the ass. Let me see some leadership. That's it. The same with, with the chief. Sir, you got to get a hold of those guys. You trust your gut. We've had talks. You got to trust your gut and mold those guys into what you want don't let those guys mold you into what you think we want. But Charlie, when there are people that are, you know, when, when you are, this is his first time in, and I don't know, this is just my observation. If there's somebody funding your campaign that has handpicked you or engaged you, the person putting the money behind it is the person making the decisions. Now, I knowing him as a person, I don't see him accepting something that he think would be contradictory to a victory or his success. But, you know, he who he who uh, has the goal makes the rules. So you're going to that's always going to be an issue in politics. I know. But, you know, he's here's a guy that doesn't need it. And we don't right. want, and we don't want it. Right. So you got to tell those guys you want on board the Jimmy train. This is what Jimmy does. You don't like what Jimmy does. What else you got? Take a fucking walk.
right? Yep. Ron yep. Weiser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other guy? Engler, that big dopey eraser head. <laughs> Come on, man. And Snyder. You guys are dead. It's Snyder. <laughs> Come on, man. You guys are old. I, okay, so you know guys with money. But I talk to the guys with money, too. They don't think like you think. Look, you want to win. You know what we want now. We want something real. Yeah. We want you to hear us. We're looking out for our kids. And you heard Matthew. He was real cool about it. He don't want to make no waves. It's not a destination anymore. What you want me to do? Move to Texas? I know they want me to move to Texas. Too much of a Texas, Charlie. You need to stay here. So, and by the way, all you other uh, Republican potential people, candidates, and all all your you know fans and supporters, we'll get to it. We're a year out. Relax. We'll get to it. Right? We're not anointing Jimmy Craig. I'm not quite sure he's even going to get there. So let me just watch. It's okay. We'll we'll get there. I'm just waiting for the end of. I want to know about nursing homes. Then we'll go from there. Right? Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now, why'd you turn that off? Because uh, I thought we were going to the rant. Oh, we're going to the rant. <laughs> Can I get a little little mood music? Can I get a little mood music Charlie right Brown's mm -hmm. Thanksgiving? Sure. Glad, yeah, give me one oh, second. That'd be good. Yeah. Because it's a Thanksgiving. It's a little Thanksgiving story. That we're not prepared for. Or I'm not prepared for. We'll fix it in post. No, we won't. That takes more time. Get a Coney kit. You'll be fine. You don't need a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget their new turkey dog. You know they have a new turkey dog? They do? No. You get one of them fucking hipster food trucks surrounding the place. Like I was thinking those, uh, if they have substandard hot dogs with those food trucks, they should just order the Coney kits. I'm not saying they're substandard. It's just not my kind of dog. Hot dog. It's okay. It's more Christmas, but I don't know. You have dog standards. Dude, this is this isn't this isn't Charlie Brown's what? Thanksgiving. That's okay. Listen, hi, how how are you? I was you under know, the gun. Dude, let me just can you God damn. It's like trying to set a mood and you show up in that old terry cloth bathrobe. <laughs> I got candles and incense and you come in farting and burping. I just like the song. Filthy huh? socks. Cat hair all over it. And then snuggle up to me with your unshaven face. Oh, jeez. Where's the Thanksgiving one? There you go. You know what I like to tell people? I like to tell people how growing up in the Midwest, Midwest, my mother during the holidays would allow my brothers and sisters and me to lick the pie batter from the electric spoons. But only so long as the spoons were left plugged into the electric mixer and the electric mixer was left plugged into the wall socket. <laughs> yep. I know it was hard, but it taught us caution. And moderation. That's what I tell people. It taught us gluttony and extravagance are sins. It's just a story I tell gullible New Yorkers, you know, who wonder what it's like growing up in the Midwest. You know, they think anyone that grew up out here, right, anywhere west of the Poconos, like, grew up with suspenders and straw hats and churns their own butter. That's what they think about <laughs> us in the But the boring truth, uh, the truth now, is my mother taught me what yours probably taught you. Work hard. Save your money. I don't know about you, but I tried. And these days when I wake up, I'm told the money I've earned isn't worth what it was yesterday when I fucking earned it. It's gotten so bad, people are investing in a box of air that doesn't even come with a box. 
crypto. The fuck is crypto? At its root, crypto means a secret sect, as in New World Order. But you can't blame the neo nerds living in their own virtual world with their own virtual money when the real world is in such disorder and the federal government's answer to a falling standard of living is to crank up the printing press. People do bad things when they don't have money. But money's not the root of all evil, I say. Money is a sacred promise of exchange between people who actually labor for it. The value of money becomes corrupted by those who do not work, but rather rob or cheat or steal or grift or occupy public office. Midwestern values require that a person labor enough in his life to leave something for his children. And so I say to my daughter now, forget college, my lamb. <laughs> forget the elegant wedding. The way it's going, I don't even think I've saved enough money to die. Look at the state of the nursing homes. So I say, my sweet little lamb, build Papa a cage in the garage. Jesus. It'd be easy to blame Biden or Trump or Obama or Bush or Clinton for the state of things. But they're just figureheads. They come, they go. I blame the one constant. The political parties who do the bidding of the highest bidder. You heard Matt. We don't have to give them money. We just do. The Democrats and the Republicans have become little more than competing mafia clans. Once they come to power, they divide the booty, they manipulate the contracts, and create no-show jobs for their nieces. The progressives <laughs> have held power for 10 months now and did nothing but wreak havoc. Inflation, crime, humiliation in the Mideast, that isn't progress. That's the 1970s. Will somebody please tell them you don't remake America in a month? Sure, global warming's bad, but with today's fuel prices, we're all gonna freeze to death before palm trees ever start to sprout on Woodward. What we need is to bring the tax code and federal budget into line. Jobs that have gone overseas are not coming back, but the new jobs and the new technologies that we've created should remain here on America's soil. Progressives promised us equity but so far, all we've gotten is a cheap government check and Juneteenth. That's not equity. For their part, conservatives are anything but. Conservative means baby steps. Holding on to what you have. Slow and steady wins the race. But what have they given us in reality? Bankrupting forever wars in the Middle East, the offshoring of middle-class jobs to Asia, and the bailouts for Wall Street. Never forget those. That's how we got Trump, you'll remember. And what did Trump do? He bestowed tax breaks that mostly benefited the rich and connected. The deficit skyrocketed under Trump, and so did inflation. Only you didn't notice it, because it came in the form of an overvalued stock market, because that's where the rich man does his shopping. So now the working man wants his slice, and why shouldn't he? And the government gives it to him in the form of unfunded handouts. Now everybody emerging from his COVID or hibernation has money and everybody wants stuff at the same time. So here's your mathematical equation. Fake money plus high demand equals inflation. It's so bad 
I'm going to have to skip Thanksgiving with my mom. It's not the COVID. Oh, man. It's not the COVID. It's just I don't want to be a burden to her is all. Have you seen a price of turkey? <laughs> Fucking Schroeder could jam. <laughs> I love you, Bob. I love you, Bubs. I love you, Cloud. You know what I'm gonna do at Thanksgiving? What? Watch the Lions lose. Yeah, that's a tradition, and uh, it'll carry through the weekend when Michigan will lose too. It's okay. Next week, we're going to go out and go see Jad Bond. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's running now for uh, Regent. Did you hear that? Sweet, he's got my vote. Mm-hmm. Snuggle up in that tent. He can finally talk to a Regent. Yep. That's what he said. He said that's the only way you can get communication from him. I'm so upset how politicized the universities I, have become. I know. I didn't know Everything that. is politicized, Charlie. It's crazy, and that's why nothing gets done. <laughs> and it's like... Like I said at the open of the show, everything is just a repeat of something else. And we just, it's like we're running in place. Hmm. Speak of running in place. <laughs> I invented celebrity <laughs> professional football. <laughs> it showed you taken last off like I was hoping it was. So I yeah. showed you last week, I invented Celebrity Fight Club. And this week, I'm going to show you, an out, uh, not an outtake, but a, a, a piece from my show Only in America on Discovery Times, which was a network before the New York Times was going belly up and mm-hmm. had to sell back the TV station to Discovery for $80 million. But we were, we, were, we were a big thing. It was a good show. It was a good show. It was, it? yeah. I've been watching them because you have the DVDs of them. Can't find them anywhere that, else. That but. show rocks. So basically, that's mm-hmm. participatory journalism. Mm-hmm. So this one is about Arena Football League, the deuce, Arena Football 2. It's sort of like the minor league of Arena Football. Yeah. <laughs> and... I just, you know, I like playing football, but I also wanted to be a reporter. So doing football is cool, but there's also this. And take this the right way, and let's all be honest. Like, where the black man absolutely is in the majority and runs stuff. Where does he run stuff? Where is he absolutely in charge? On the playing field and in prison. I I didn't want to do the prison bit. Well, it's true. You know what I mean? But so like hey, there ain't no, there's a show. There's a show when you can do the prison bit. It's called 60 days in, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. yeah I, I wanted to do that one too, you know, but, Mm-mm. but you, you, there's truths to that. And, and, and we need to get to those. And, and you know who else we have lined up is a guy who was wrongfully convicted. He did over a decade in prison. They're supposed to pay him $80,000 oh, yeah. for every year. Yeah. Right, that he did time wrongfully. Which they always conveniently find a way not to. They didn't, and he's fucking homeless. Yeah. That's crazy. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what what I really meant, Karen, and you know that. Which is, like, what we're doing in this fucking country. But, it was interesting. It was a good program. Uh, It's it's called football. And this, I signed a one day contract, and I got in for one play when we went up 11 points or so. And there was like just enough time. Cause you know, the coach didn't want to lose his job. Mm-hmm. So I get in. He puts me in for the play. <laughs> I haven't seen the 
what you cut here, but I'm, <laughs> this is with the Amarillo uh, Amarillo Dusters. Dusters. That's oh, right. they hated me. By the way, they lost. The fir- they lost the first two games on, of the season, and we're on the bus coming back from like Oklahoma, right? Yeah. And I go, I said it twice. I said it once too many. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to be on three being on national television. <laughs> it's motivation. It was real cool till I said it the second time, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't so cool. But let's roll that. I haven't played tackle football since the early 80s. My neck is stiff now. My knees are sore. I'm old. But I'm pumped. Fog machine. Sweet. Fucking rockets. On the sidelines, I watch my teammates struggle with a lesser team. The score seesaws. Hershey misses half his kicks. Go! Reese's game, but takes a beating. Walker holds his tongue and the ball. But with the missed kicks and undisciplined play, the Dusters find themselves tied at half. I haven't gotten into the game. I don't even feel like a football player, but rather a man with a really good seat and a silly costume. (laughs) The second half goes much the way the first. Sloppy, bot snaps, rescaling manhandled. I think that dude was on (laughs) relays. DJ Humphreys, my wide receiver mentor, limps to the bench where the trainer takes a look at his foot. Probably broken. He'll have to wait until Monday for x-rays. Maybe his career is over. That's life in the deuce, son. With less than a minute to go, the Dusters cling to a five-point lead. <laughs> oh, man. The coach orders Reese to scramble out the clock. He disobeys. Instead, he throws for another touchdown, making the score 66-55. He did it for me. Can I go down to kick off? Yeah. yeah. Go get him, Charlie, he tells me with a wink. With the game out of reach, I get one play. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Here we go with Charlie Leduff, number 28. We're going to opt not to take a break here because we got to talk about this. The Discovery Times channel has been with the Emerald Dusters all week long. And Charlie Leduff, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning writer for the New York Times, has been promised that he will get in for one play. Tommy Ballum hugs him. He's coming in on special teams. Now uh, for the kickoff. Oh, Charlie, that's the man. Charlie! Your boy. Ladoff is in, and the crowd hears it, and they're ready to go. And we're ready to go. And I'm going to be all eyes. I don't know about you guys, but I'm all eyes on Charlie Ladoff on this kickoff. And I'm sure that all these Bakersfield blitz are going to be all eyes on him, too. Here's the kick. Here's Hershey on the way. And LaDuff is running downfield. Here he comes. Charlie LaDuff squares up, is knocked onto his butt, and out goes. And then LaDuff shoves the big Waldrop at the end of the play. And Charlie LaDuff has made a play on special teams. <laughs> Got a little extra shove in there at the end of it as well. Oh. 
That's got to be exciting for him. But I'm sure he's more excited to get over on the benches. I don't want more of that. He knows that he's still alive. He didn't really run down the field. He kind of galloped, wouldn't you guys say? That's it. It's over in the blink of an eye. Still, the crowd is thrilled, not just for me, but for themselves. For anyone who has wondered what it's like to step off the sofa and into a helmet. You think you can play with the big boys? Make that tackle? Catch that pass? You can't. Now we know. Stop screaming at the TV. That's <laughs> such a good piece. All what right. year was that? 2005 or six? Oh, wow. Okay, that was pretty cool. And I'm sorry, the audio, I couldn't hear all the audio. I was asking because at first, like oh. he would. Oh, that's why. That's why. That's the why. only <laughs> white guy out there. No, there were other white guys. Oh, no. Because let me. I saw it later. Let me explain what happened now. Okay. So I get in for the kickoff. I say to coach, what do I do? And he said, run like hell. <laughs> I said, fuck it. I just run like hell. <laughs> and I get wiped out. If you're listening, you go to uh, YouTube. Uh, no bullshit news hour, or you go on Facebook and you can watch the clip. But I get cool. I get wiped out by two fucking huge <laughs> Hawaiian guys. And after the game, they come up. My hand got broken, by the way, the finger, my so pinky. Really yeah, on that? Yeah, it did. Oh yeah. man, got caught in the helmet. And they came up and they apologized and they said, "Hey, listen, uh, you know we play in Bakersfield. Our our mothers are in Hawaii, and we knew the only way to get on TV was to take you out." <laughs> and they're just seeing that part where you're running down the field and you realize oh those guys are really big and they're coming at me out of nowhere so that motherfucker wiped me out but again <laughs> you saw I got up I fucking yeah. took that motherfucker out cause I ain't going out like a pussy I wish they would've had your name played on the jersey you're the only jersey without the name on the yeah, back no name. <laughs> well my number was 28 yeah in um, reference and homage to George Plimpton who did the sure. paper lion mm -hmm. he wore zero Mm -hmm. And I wore zero in practice. And in the game, I wore 28 in remembrance of he got in for four or five plays and lost a total of 28 yards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Right? So uh, the Hawaiian guys, yeah, they, uh, they, they, they made TV. And then the great part was the local paper, the Amarillo paper, had a reporter assigned to cover me, to which I wrote in my book, what's more ridiculous <laughs> Then a reporter covering a reporter covering a team. And he said to me, was that a cheap shot? And you got oh, up no. and, and your head knocked him on his ass. And I said, I said, play the whistle, son. Play the whistle. <laughs> That's okay. so true. So, so boxing last week, Charlie, football this week. I know we're taking off next week. What What's on the agenda for your next invention mm. the following week? Mm, I can do Burning Man. <laughs> I was the first mainstream media guy they ever let film in there. Or I can okay. do, I, I was a trapeze clown with the traveling circus of immigrants. I want to see that one. Or gay rodeo. You want to see gay rodeo or you want to see the, the trapeze? No, gay no gay rodeo. Good I'm good, good on one. that. Let's see the, let's see the, the trapeze. Gay rodeo is my favorite. That's a good I'm piece. sure. Yeah. Hmm. Or snake handling in Appalachia. What? Oh, snake hand. Oh, for the, uh, for the church services. Yeah. Ooh. So, That's okay. good. That's we'll, good we'll work on it. This <laughs> was a 10-part show. It was, That's pretty wild. It was pretty good. I like it. All right. Well, you know, maybe. Do you have video when you were on the, um, uh, was it the Statue of Liberty or the Empire State Building? No, no video. There's, no video. If you okay. look up like LaDuff Empire State Building, you'll see the picture, though. It's, it's a great yeah. picture. Yeah. Did you have a light bulb in your yeah, office? I have the light bulb. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, you know, if the Lions are looking for a guy, and I should mention <laughs> here, when I got to Detroit in 2008, I met with Matt Millen. And asked him if I could, 
It was the 75th anniversary of the Lions, the 40-year anniversary of Paper Lion, and I asked if I could come to preseason, to which he said, no, there's only so many slots, but you can come to rookie camp. And oh. I was going to the Lions rookie camp, and then he went 0-16, they fired his ass. I'll <laughs> never forgive the Fords for that. I mean, they still don't have a win. Fuck, you could have let me do it. If you think running and practicing with the Amarillo Dusters is something, can you imagine the NFL and the speed? Woo. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. All right, we got a song? We got a song, Kira? Well, we have uh, Byron's little art piece. All right, we do that. All right. Remember, everybody, if it ain't your town, don't show up with an automatic weapon. Try to respect one another. We'll see you in two weeks. Happy and, Thanksgiving. And by the way, you take this time to catch up on the back programs because this is the finest news hour in America. And, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you, Carol. <laughs>